and rolling wild. Hi, I'm Alejandra, and I'm a voice actor. Welcome to Rolling Wild, a voiceover about voiceover. In this podcast series, a young professional voice actor, that's me, talks all things VO and takes the opportunity to pick the brains of some pretty cool people. Let's get started. For our inaugural episode, I'd like to tell you a little bit about me. So I started my own professional VO journey about eight years ago with a series called Winx Club. Now, Winx wasn't my very first project, but it was definitely the project that put me on this path. Now, I'm about to make a lot of people angry by saying this, but VO wasn't something I sought out initially. It was something I just sort of fell into. I'm going to qualify that real quick by telling you that although I didn't seek out VO at the outset, I've been working at it pretty much every day since, and it's been a crazy and amazing journey. When I was younger, I did commercials and local plays and some student films, but I had never even considered that voiceover was something that I could do or pursue as a career. I loved animated films as a kid. I loved cartoons and anime. And I loved waking up on Saturday mornings and watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. But it was never something that I thought I could do. I never even considered that, hey, that's a career that I could potentially have in the future. Voice actors just seemed like wizards to me. And they brought all of these great and wonderful characters to life. And while I enjoyed it, and it was a part of my life, I never saw myself as being a part of it. But one day, my commercial agent, totally without my knowing, just outside of my knowledge, decided to refer me to my agency's voiceover department. I uh, was about 15 or 16 at the time. And the team over in VO decided they'd give me a shot. So they sent over an audition. I thought I was just auditioning for the department, mind you. But nope, turns out it was a real gig. And that's how I booked my first job. My first job was on a show called G.I. Joe Renegades. It was a one-episode character, a one-off. And uh, I played a character named Elena Schnurr. Now, having come from the commercial side of things and having zero experience in VO... I had no idea what to expect, and I didn't even realize I had actually booked the job. I legitimately thought I had gotten a callback, and that I was just going into the studio for a callback. So you can imagine my confusion and utter flabbergastedness, if that's a word. Well, we're making it a word. My utter flabbergastedness. But I think you can probably imagine just how out of sorts I found myself at that moment, just kind of dropped into it. And we get to the studio, someone escorts me into a professional recording studio booth with other professional voice actors. Guys, I, I was losing it. My heart was pounding, I was sweating, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was excited, obviously. And then I walk into the booth, and I see this guy. And this guy looks familiar to me. Why does this guy look familiar? Guys, I was in a booth with Kevin Michael Richardson. What? Yeah, that happened. 
Like, what? I just remember my heart pounding and pounding and just, like, breaking into a cold sweat. And then trying to play it off like I knew exactly what was going on and I was right where I was supposed to be. Now, looking back on this, it's just such a crazy whirlwind. And there are so many things I know now that it would have been nice to have known then. But it was a beautiful experience. And, okay, guys, I know, I know I am so, so lucky. I know I am incredibly blessed. And I am also very aware how lucky I am that almost from day one, I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing and kind and super generous voice actors. I've learned so much from the actors I've worked with, and I continue to learn so much from this industry almost daily. Now, going back to Winx, which I mentioned at the beginning, I had an especially educational experience on Winx Club. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the show, Winx Club was an animated series that I had the incredible fortune of working on for Nick, Nickelodeon, for almost five years. And it was like the best voiceover grad school I could have ever had. I learned about all kinds of things, the technical, the artistic, the little tips and tricks that the vets use. You also learn a lot of the VOE terms and processes like ADR and ISDN and just what it means to really be a voice actor. And don't worry, we'll be coming back to all of these terms in more detail throughout the series. So we'll talk about ADR and ISDN and what all these letters and acronyms mean. But it was really getting in the booth, and specifically on Winx, seeing actors like Josh Keaton and Gray Griffin and Kimberly Brooks and Romy, Romy Dames and Amy Gross, that truly helped me see what being a voice actor, air quotes, being a voice actor really meant and really means. So that's what I really want to talk about in this first episode, now that you know a little bit more about me. I want to talk about what it really means to be a voice actor. But before that, how about a few questions every voice actor is likely a little tired of hearing. So, you're a voice actor, so you just talk and, like, make money? Do you want to be a real actor? My Bubbles impression is really hardcore. Can you get me a job? My friend does a great SpongeBob impression. Can you get him a job? Do a funny voice. Like like this? Is this, is this funny enough? I, 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 I don't know. You must get paid a ton. How much do you get paid? Do you go to work in your pajamas? Now, guys, I, I get it. All of these questions come from a really good place. Curiosity, fascination, admiration, measure of envy sometimes, the good kind. And I mean, it's a cool job, it really is. I am so grateful that I get to do the work I do. And so I think it's really important to remind myself every day to be grateful and to stay humble. You know, I'm working at it too. I'm a young professional, and even having been doing this for a few years now, It's a difficult industry to succeed in. It's hard to get your foot in the door, and it's a constant grind. But I've gotten to do some really great, amazing stuff, and I am so, so grateful. And I think it's so important to stay grateful and to stay humble. So I get it. It's really cool, and it's not lost on me. But the truth is, it's still work. It's still a job. 
a kid's dream job, but a job all the same. And I think the cool factor and the mystery of it all overpowers all of that work in the general imagination. And people don't really understand what exactly it is that all their favorite voice actors really do. It's hard to get past the initial cool. I mean, it, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. I do it and I'm still starry-eyed about it. But in all honesty, the more you know about the process, the more it really turns you into a fan. You appreciate all of the hard work and talent that goes into some pretty amazing projects. And if you're lucky, you also meet the most amazing people. I believe that the coolest people working in Hollywood are in the voiceover community. They are like some of the funniest, most talented, most generous actors you will meet. It's really an amazing community to be a part of. And it's crazy for me to even say that I'm a part of that community. I mean, even being associated with this community has taken some getting used to. Most days, I still just feel like the luckiest fan in the world. Like someone messed up and I somehow snuck past the gate that guards all the voice actors. And any minute, someone's going to like realize that I got through and come for me. <laughs> so that being said... In this podcast series, I'd like us to dig a little deeper past the surface cool and learn just how cool the voiceover industry really is and why the voice actors you know and love are really such G's. Let's start by defining some terms, okay? Like voice actor. What is a voice actor? I'll give you a few seconds for you to kind of ruminate. Okay, well, a voice actor, according to Merriam-Webster, is an actor who provides voiceovers or who voices characters in animated films, video games, etc. Bet you thought this was like a trick question. Nope, super straightforward. Okay, that's what it is. An actor who provides voiceovers or who voices characters in animated films, video games, etc. And that etc. is covering a lot But what I want you to focus on here, the key, is that a voice actor is an actor. Oftentimes, voice actors, because there's a voice in front of it and it seems like a qualifier, are reduced to those people that make funny voices. There are actors, and then there are those people that make funny voices for Saturday morning cartoons. When the truth of the matter is that an actor doesn't even necessarily have to be, air quotes, good at doing voices. They don't necessarily have to be skilled at manipulating their voice to sound like different creatures or genders or ages, etc. In fact, for most actors, the work they consistently book is very close to their natural sound. I mean, the voice actors you know and love from your favorite cartoons are doing all kinds of work. They're working in video games, they're working in radio, they're working doing voiceover for commercials that you see on TV, doing corporate or industrial work, all kinds of things. And there are different things required throughout those different segments or genres within voiceover. And a lot of time, you're just using your voice, your good old standard voice. So again, for most actors, the work they consistently book, very close to their natural sound. Now, big if... 
If, however, extreme voice manipulation is a skill in an actor's arsenal, that's great. That's really fantastic. Everyone wants to be those people. I want to be those people. But if you are one of those people, if you are a D. Bradley Baker, or a John DiMaggio, or a Gray Griffin, or a Tara Strong, hello, you have effectively widened the range of roles you can play. Especially if you can do it really well, like the many voice actors I've just mentioned, and many, many more. But I want to focus in on one example for now, for our first episode. So if you're really a master of this, you become a prolific voice actor like Dee Bradley Baker. The voice actor that makes other voice actors starstruck. Maybe that's just my opinion. That might just be how I feel. I'm willing to go on record that it's not. But if you don't know who Dee Bradley Baker is yet, please look Dee up. Treat yourself. And if you are an aspiring voice actor or someone who is just interested in voice acting, Please look Dee up. He has so many wonderful resources. He is a very generous actor, super talented. Just look him up. You'll find a wealth of information that will be useful or fascinating or all of the above to you. So I'm just going to give you a quick rundown right now. But Dee has been in hundreds and hundreds of projects and played hundreds and hundreds of characters. And he's not only worked on shows like SpongeBob SquarePants for Nick or Looney Tunes for Warner Brothers, but he's also provided the voices of characters like Adventure Time's Cinnamon Bun. Please, Finn, if you're gonna hug me again, don't make it as hard as you hugged me last night. American Dad's Klaus. You don't know why the Americans and Germans were fighting in World War II? The clones. Jedi issue, sir. I think we can even the odds a bit, Commander. It's a fuel. Mostly been mined out on Abafar. I don't see the deck officer anywhere. This is your last warning! Stand down, Captain. For that, you'd betray the Republic. All of them. On Star Wars Clone Wars. And all manner of creature and animal sounds for mega blockbusters like Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies, Disney's live-action The Jungle Book. Yeah, he's the animals. Oh, and also, he's been fan favorites like Avatar The Last Airbender's Momo and Appa. Yeah, I'm not kidding. You're welcome. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm just going to toss it over to a few more seconds of D making creature sounds because it's really cool and I'm running the show and that's what we're going to do. Okay, now I want to stress that every single sound and layers of sound that you just heard was produced by D. period. All from his mouth, all him, no special effects, no special manipulation other than his own ability to manipulate his own voice. Yes. But having shown you all of that amazingness, that is a very specialized voice actor in an already specialized genre of acting. D is a master of what he does. And although I did just give you a lot of clips of quote-unquote funny sounds, the point here is that beyond the funny sounds you can make, beyond the bomb impressions you can do, there is an artist and a storyteller. And that is the bottom line. That's what an actor is. An actor is an artist, a storyteller, a performer. And that's what a voice actor is, because a voice actor, going back to our definition, 
is an actor. An actor doing a very specialized kind of work. But an actor. And yes, it's amazing to be able to make fantastic sounds like Dee does. Or Frank Welker, while we're on the subject. Look up Dee, look up Frank, look up their extensive resumes, and thoroughly blow your mind. Please do so. But getting back on subject, because I tend to go off on tangents, it's amazing to have these abilities, and or have the ability to voice match or do impressions. And I make a point of separating those two out because I don't think they're one and the same. Being able to do excellent impressions does not a voice actor make, but it's definitely something that can be developed. There are roles that require an actor that can voice match, who can continue to create something new by using something that came before. And I mean, if you want a beautiful example of this, just look at Jim Cummings. Jim voices... With a hefty, happy appetite, I'm a hefty, happy poo. Winnie the Pooh. Now, Jim is voice-matching Sterling Holloway's original 1970s Pooh Bear. This is Sterling. Up, down, up, when I up, down, touch the ground, it puts me in the mood. Up, down, touch the ground, in the mood, for food. And now, here is a clip of Jim. I am short, fat, proud of that, and so with all my might. I up, down, up, down to my appetite's delight. While I up, down, touch the ground, I think of things to chew, like honey and milk and chocolate. And now here is a clip of Jim from the new trailer for the live-action Christopher Robin movie. Hoo-hoo, I do like a party. Come on, babe. What should happen? If you forget about me, silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pete. Now, I know a lot of people, when they talk about maybe getting into voiceover, the first thing they do is say, hey, listen to this great impression of X, Y, or Z that I can do. Being able to do that, super cool. What a skill. It's very impressive. But at the same time, there's something to be said for party trick. I can do exactly what this other voice actor already did, already created. And, hey, I can take what this other character, actor, voiceover actor did and make it my own and breathe life into it. That's what Jim does. You know, when you see an on-camera actor like Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles or Robert Downey Jr. as Chaplin, I don't think anyone would say they were doing an impression. So I wonder why everyone regards voice actors' voice matching as just being impressionists. This is definitely a topic I want to come back to more in depth later in the series. For now, I'd like to get back to Jim and Winnie the Pooh. But it's also important to note, he's a ton of other characters, original characters that he originated. Right now, because I wanted to talk about this voice matching thing, I'm bringing up Winnie the Pooh, who happens to be one of my favorite all-time characters, and it's a very special character for me. But Jim, being the amazing actor and storyteller that he is, doesn't just match Sterling's Pooh Bear voice. He brings that silly old bear to life, and he gives him heart. And Tigger... I'm speechless. You don't know how hard the nostalgia is pulling me just hearing that. But the thing with actors, voice actors, like Jim and Frank and Dee, is that they don't just make sounds. They breathe life into these characters. 
They create living things. And that's what makes a talented voice actor a legend. Theirs are the voices that stand the test of time, and they continue to bring generation after generation of viewers joy. They provide their art, and they provide a service. They give you little pieces of their soul and and their artistry. And a lot of these voice actors that you connect to and love on a deeper level bring a little bit of this childlike innocence that they've somehow maintained. And that's a really beautiful thing. And while all of that is amazing and beautiful, I don't want you to just get stuck on that either. Because while all these voice actors are artists, they are also professionals. Professionals that need to deal with a very professional and at times very technical industry. There's so many things for voice actors to master and consider and be mindful of and prepare so they can do their best work. From auditioning to booking, from prepping to playing, there's a lot a voice actor needs to consider. Down to the fabric of the shirt they wear in the booth or the breakfast they choose to have that morning. And don't worry, we'll also get more into the whys of all of these throughout the series here on Rolling Wild. I'm so happy to have you guys on board, and I'm excited to draw back the curtain a bit and Wizard of Oz you off to a land of magic. And maybe demystify some of it for you, if I don't thoroughly confuse you first. Don't worry, it'll make you an even bigger fan, I promise. Now, just to give myself an out at the beginning of this, and thoroughly prepare you, (laughs) this podcast will be taking many forms. Whatever best suits our journey, whatever best suits the story or topic that I'm bringing up that day. But I just want you to know that I'm really glad to have you on board, and I can't wait to bring you on for our next installment. But before I let you go, I have one final term that I want to define for you today. Rolling wild. So, rolling is a term that just basically means we're recording. And it goes back to when sound was recorded on giant rolls of magnetic tape. Now, we don't do that anymore, everything's digital, but the term stands, rolling. When you're rolling, we're recording. Now, a wild line, it's a single line of dialogue or sound or what have you from a script that is performed several times in a row to get a variety of line readings. Uh, because you're trying to get the right one. So usually there'll be about three, an A, B, and a C. And we call it a wild because it's read separately from the rest of the script. Instead of being read in sequence or as a scene or going through, playing off of another character, you're just taking this one line separately from the rest of everything else and doing it over and over a few times. So rolling wild simply means your mic is hot, You will record and continue to record the same line until you get it right. So, rolling wild. I'm Alejandra. I'm Alejandra. I'm Alejandra. And this has been Rolling Wild. We'll call that episode 101. (laughs) 